So I was looking you up. It was funny though. When I tried to like look you up on Google and everything, I guess there's a fashion designer with your name and it just kept coming up no as way. like Kiera Henley sweaters. Yeah. So there's like a fashion designer out there with your name. So it's sort of funny. It's like, you look it up and the first thing is like <laughs> Etsy, Kiera Henley sweater, knitted sweater. So yeah, there you go. If you ever Google Whoa. yourself, Whoa. that's what pops up. You can claim that title and maybe make some more dough off of it. I don't know. Just a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Is it spelled the same way? But no, so tell, wait, wait, say that again. What was that? Is it, is it spelled the same way? Spelled the same way. I think so. It was at least the last name from what I saw. I don't know about the first name, but yeah, I just, Kiara Henley sweaters. So maybe it's like really ugly Christmas wow. sweaters. So maybe you don't want to like assume her identity just yet. So yeah. Okay. There you I guess go. I should just, wait on that. Exactly. Just wait on, on it. Do some more research on Kiara Henley sweaters okay. if you like that. Yeah. No, For but sure. I was going to ask you. One of the things I noticed about your um your posts, and I was kind of scrolling through your stuff and everything, uh, you posted something about like running, killing your gains. It may have been like a while back. I couldn't. I, I did post I, that. Yeah. What was that about? Did you did it like were you literally running so much that it just like you were you were getting rid of your six pack or something? No, actually, the opposite. So um, there's this whole stipulation in the fitness industry, especially from like bodybuilders and stuff like that who will say like, stop doing cardio. It's killing yeah. your gains. So the point of view part was like, cardio is killing your gains. Running is killing your gains because that's running is like the most stereotypical type of cardiovascular activity. That probably you were is. showing that it doesn't, I got it. Right. Well, I would say there's a handful of fitness entrepreneurs or influencers who are actually, you know, combining running into their training and it's like yeah. a hybrid athlete sort of approach. And that's kind of what I do. So uh, like Nick Fair is another one okay. or Nick Simmons, like a whole bunch of these um, ultra marathoner runners or yeah, just they combine health it. advocates. And yeah, so that's what I've actually found. It helps. It helps. What's your um, muscle? Well, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it's funny. I, I think it's like logic would almost dictate that it helps with fat burning and that kind of stuff. But when you mentioned the thing that, you know, the bodybuilders shoot it down, they, they really do a lot of times that's what's sold in fitness nowadays is that if you run too much, it can harm you or something like that. So I like what you're, what you're pushing is like, you can, you can make everything a hybrid training method in moderation, I guess. What's like, how much running do you do, exactly. do you think is optimal? Well, so I really enjoy long distance running, okay. but I also really enjoy sprinting. So there's very, there's so many different styles of running. And if you're on any sort of training plan, overall, it's best to combine all these different types. Uh, so you've like tempo training, which is like staying at a, say you want to stay at like a seven minute pace or a 730 yeah. pace. Uh, it's a little bit harder than your base pace, but easier than a sprinting. Okay. So there's like tempo, then there's sprinting, intervals, long distance, you know, there's all, all these different types of trainings. Um, and it really depends on the individual. Some people really, well, some people really hate running overall. Honestly, I take training so it's low key, but it's also very high key. What I mean yeah. by that is like, it's low key in the sense I do not have a training plan every single day. A That's lot of awesome. people will say like Monday is back day, Tuesday is, you know, like I'm hitting legs, Wednesday, there's these splits. And that works for some people. It doesn't work for me. I like to wake up 
And however my body is feeling that day, that's what I do. Because not only then are you actually doing movements that feel good to you, you're also uh, you're opening up that whole creative realm of your own mind and really tapping into the sources of, you know, what your body feels like and listening to it. And you're not forcing yourself to work out in a way that your body doesn't actually want to. So for instance, like sometimes my legs feel super heavy. If I was thinking about running that day, maybe I'll swim instead, you know, anti-gravity, get the legs floating, still a great cardiovascular activity, but I'm not stressed out about it, you know? And then maybe the next day I'll feel ready to run again. And I know by now that that does happen. So you like learn the, the patterns that your body will go through, I guess, by exploring so many different types of training. And that's another thing that I really like to do. Like I'm not locked into one or two different types of training. I'll do so many different types of movements and I I just classify them as movements. So instead of just honing in on that whole training aspect, it's classified as movement. You know, we're human. Interesting. Yeah. Cause mobility is medicine. So it's like, you just sort of toss it into this, this more like general approach to exercise. Cause I, that's, that's fun right. though. That's more fun, you know, more variety at, at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. It, it is more fun. And mm-hmm. so many people can't stick to these cookie cutter training plans that these fitness people are trying to throw Hands at them. Freaking down. Yes. Right. Yes, I've tried them. It just, it doesn't work. No. And so that's kind of where I'm at this different approach. I'm like, this honestly, it needs to change. And I don't know whether it's just because it's so much easier for these influencers to do that. These fitness professionals, um, it's easier to make a quick buck. That's that's for sure. It's easier to um, push so a much more plan, you know, just a cookie cutter thing. It is. Yeah, it, is. it is. When you have just one thing that you're trying to push, that's so much easier. But if you're trying to do what I'm doing and actually teach people how to make their own training plans or, or movement plans or whatever you want to call it, um, and just tapping into listening to their own body to kind of do yeah. that instead of relying on that external force that external motivator um interesting That's or cool. workout plan yeah it's it's like the exact opposite of what the entire fitness industry is doing but i think that it is so much more important and so much more key to the purpose of mankind yeah to actually it seems so simple but it's, it's not just listen to your own body you're trying to you know? you're trying to tell people that it's like the inspiration is already there within them and usually that's exactly it yeah it's like they've already got it and it's cool that you're telling people that because i've been trying to tell people that it's like at, at the end of the day even even an external motivator no matter how large it might seem still can't do the trick you know there's got to be something more more along the lines of like internal confidence that that you can kind of put out into the world and you know put into the gym i guess that's cool it really is i I appreciate that big time that you're preaching that that's a great thing so if so if you like if you're with a client that's ideally you want them to be able to sort of take it take the reins themselves at some point after they work with you that's exactly it yeah so I, I, I'm just there to guide. That's, yeah. that's my purpose. I'm there to inspire them to explore new ways of movement, new creative exercises that aren't even existing. Cool. Honestly, my brain just pictures it in like an open space, that's right? Cool. That's cool. And I just kind of think about, and I do this while I'm moving too. So it's kind of just this flow yeah. of movement. Um, 
I just think about like, okay, how can I move my body in this way to use like these muscles? And then how can I challenge myself most by going directly into this movement and using these new muscles and then like supersetting like from like a, a practical approach to exercise whenever and 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 i've seen you know you've done this stuff too in your videos and stuff but uh yeah. the exercises or workout routine that is based around general movement as opposed to lifting weights or back or doing you know certain specific muscles on given days always seems to boost my mood at the end of the day and have like a better outlook or make me think I have a better outlook on life. So things like Pilates or yoga, you know, that, that like what you said, kind of exist in a more open space of movement, mm -hmm. as opposed to like this closed chain of like a, of a arm curl or a, you know, a pull down or something. It's, it, it, it feels like there's more happening in your body. That's so I imagine people, start to you open people's eyes when you tell them these things and you put them through this stuff that maybe they they have just a better outlook on on what could be possible as opposed to just like what you said all this meathead crap and you know the same stupid approaches to yeah <laughs> well fun. well first of all i'd like to say like there is a time and place for training muscles individually just like they're doing you know like isolating muscle groups and you know, doing different methods to really build muscle in a specific area. But like, sometimes I just feel like the whole atmosphere is kind of to go in, do your workout and be done with it and only focus on the aesthetic side. I think there are so many more benefits that they're actually missing if they're only focusing on the aesthetics. And the other thing is you can get the aesthetics by doing other types of movements that aren't just yeah. so cookie cutter and honestly that's what has made it fun for me and is another reason why i think a lot of people quit yeah it's, if i was in this space as a consumer as somebody who wanted to get into fitness because i was once there um it was about six years ago when i first started really really getting into it yeah but from the very beginning i always i, I tried i tried some programs but at the end of the day every single program, I would never finish doing the exercises that were on the program. I would find myself halfway through getting bored with it and making my own. Um, yeah. I was raised in a very, very creative family and I was given a lot of opportunities to express my creativity. Like painting on the walls and, and stuff and like, like you just had artists. Well, my mom is an artist. That's actually oh, a fun that's fact. Cool. <laughs> she does have an art studio in our house. No <laughs> um, way. No, yeah. <laughs> Mostly musical. We all sing. My dad plays piano. You do my violin, sister, right? She's four years. Yes, my sister is four years older than me, and she started violin. Um, I think she was like seven. I started when I was five, but I. Oh, so you're better than her. <laughs> no. Um, no. <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> no, it's okay. we're not going <laughs> okay. to. Creating <laughs> needless family drama you, over here. Sorry, you, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but we, we all sing, play piano, violin. Um, I played French horn for a while and also just dabbled on the car. So, geez, do you also very, speak like seven languages creative. too? No, no, I, no okay. I'm laughing on that. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's okay. It's, you've already, you've already like listed out. You're like, I just do all these things. And, nah, you know, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> But anyways, I think growing up in an environment where I was able to express my creativity in so many different realms yeah. really, really helped build that self-confidence. 
And I don't think that everybody has tapped into their own creativity. I think, especially now in the whole world of social media. That's awesome. I am so, I'm kind of hypocritical for saying this, but I'm also kind of playing that underdog on social media where it's like to get inside people's heads, to get inside people's heads right now, the Mm. best way to do it is through social media, even if, you know, like even if technology isn't necessarily something that, I completely love all the time. I mean, I don't, it's, it's the the game though, the way you you need to, you're trying to use it the way it's like, yeah. Becoming the earworm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to stay with the times or else, you know, you you just, you're just going to be a dinosaur. So, Mm. you you know, um, but Uh, I I like what you said about the, the uh, creativity thing when you said, um, yeah, people don't like understand the full extent of their creativity and tapping into it. That's cool. I've you're the first person yeah. who said that. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I just think that it's it's applied in so many different areas of life, and it can be shown in so many different areas of life. Fitness is just something that it started to really blossom in for me, and I realized, you know, the principles that I the core principles that I've learned from music first, starting at a long, young age carried over into my fitness journey and then that made that even stronger so what i'm talking about is like the discipline the the structure this sense of control and especially with violin and any tangible thing that you're doing with your fingers it's super awesome to develop this sense of control within your hand which is such a small portion of your body but then how it translates to your mind and then what i like kind of did is super interesting and kind of weird but you know I like learned this control this mind muscle connection first through my hands at a really young age and then as I grew and started to enjoy more movement I was able to apply that to all areas of my body and so it's kind of like this whole muscle mind connection so maybe maybe it's it's through through your experiences you know you could even make the argument that like uh learning an instrument or something translates into fitness surprisingly you know oh it does yeah 100 percent. yeah and that's cool and yeah and i found like the exact opposite helps not the opposite it's it comes full circle i guess yeah. is what i'm saying so fitness also enhances music for instance like if i well there's so many different things whether you're talking about vocalists Warming up physically, getting the blood pumping, getting the, you know, your, your vocal cords are muscle. So just as much as a bicep needs to be trained, your vocal cords need to be trained as well to perform at the optimal level. And so what I found is like really working on breath work through exercise helps a lot with singing. And then anything with working out using your hands helps with the strength in my fingers when Mm. I'm playing. And that applies to pianists, guitarists, violinists, cellists, anything with a string, anything where you're using your hands. So there's, and I guess that's really the only two types of instruments, right? The one that you have already and the ones you use with your hands. Yeah, <laughs> but, but no, but that's the, that's such a, um, it, it, you could, you could take all that stuff and you could put, sort of put it back to like, you know, what you said about people not tapping into their creativity, you know, you could potentially identify all these things that maybe they already have going on in their own lives and then just sort of draw the like connect the bridge create the bridge it's like you've done all this stuff over here 
when you work out, you might find that like you're better than you realized you were, you know, possibly. I'm sure a lot of people do instruments and don't don't make these connections in their minds. But like that's that's what you're teaching people, you know, at the end of the day, whether you know it or not. I'm sure they see all this and they kind of pick it up and they're like, oh, wow, you know, I can do it. Like what what are your extrinsic motivators? So, you know, I'm just going to mention one for now. Devin okay. LeVake. He is like a big brother to me right now. Um, whether he knows that or not, I don't know. But he honestly has inspired me to just take these next steps and just completely go full force into what I believe in. Nice. Um, and, you know, he he's an incredible individual. He first started out um well so the first huge thing that he did was bear crawl the new york city marathon i have this notepad on my phone right and i have a list well i had a list i totally demolished it was in the first couple months of the year but it was honestly a bucket list i didn't think that i was going to actually complete these things the number one thing on my list he doesn't even know this was meet devin lake well that next month i literally went out to ohio and i met him so it was crazy but you know, like it, it, life's all about taking opportunities and, um, you know, learning, you learning jump. is huge. Yeah. And yeah. So anyways, wait, what was the stupid violin question you're about? To no, ask? <laughs> no, my stupid violin question was going to be like, I, it was something, it was really dumb. It was like, what's the hardest song you know how to play, which is like, it's a juvenile question. I just, of course, that popped into my head. I was like, oh, my God, can you play Flight of the Bumblebee on violin? You know? Can I be honest? Yeah. I don't even know what Flight of the Bumblebee is. It's like a piano thing. It's like a... It, not it's, even, it, you know what well, I was I just, you know, <laughs> whenever you see, like, in, in every YouTube video, whenever you see, like, a, you know, the title is, like, seven-year-old prodigy plays Flight of the Bumblebee, and you listen to it, it's, it's, like, a fl- it's like a bumblebee. Like if a bumblebee had a soundtrack, it's fine to the bumblebee. And so it's like this crazy, complicated, like fast, weird sounding song. So check it out. If you look up Fly to the Bumblebee, whatever, any video. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I will. I'll but anyway, follow. what what is the hardest song you've ever played? Follow-up question. What's the hardest song I've ever played or what's the hardest piece I've ever played? Peace. Sorry. Peace. My bad. Yeah. Because violin. Peace. Okay. Because there's a very different. So songs would be like things you hear on the radio. Peace right. It's like That's why I, I realized I was like, work. uh-oh, I've, I've just, I've just shown how little I know about instruments. I mean, I play piano. I don't know why, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, peace. I would say, I would say the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto. I think I know that oddly enough really it's amazing i don't know if it's necessarily the hardest one but i mean technically it is pretty hard technically like with your fingers that's the word that you used to describe that Um, i'm sure yeah i only reason i say it's i know the name just because of like a i don't know like a piano piece or something like a while back that was that was one of them you know tchaikovsky yeah yeah he's he's an awesome composer if you look up either Nah, my favorite, all-time favorite is always going to be Itzhak Kroman. Itzhak Kroman playing Tchaikovsky. Okay. I know I know him too. What was it? Give me the name again. Itzhak Kroman. Itzhak Kroman. Okay. I, yeah. I-T-Z-H-A-K. Wish my, wish my parents named me Itzhak. I feel like that would just open a lot of conversations. Just, re- you know, 
if your name was Itzhak, be like it would just everything would be like, oh, your name is so interesting. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. It's I, a very I, unique I, name. <laughs> my teacher actually is friends with him. No way. He went to Juilliard with him. Yeah. So yeah, he's, I'm still so he's waiting current. on the invite. <laughs> my wow. Wait, it's up? Yeah, I didn't uh, know. Well, he's, he's pretty up there in years. He's 70 something now. Okay. But he's still playing and he's still, I mean, he's still got the heart for it. He's still got the fingers for it. it he plays like there's, like there's no tomorrow. I mean, he's beautiful. It's funny how like you can, anytime you bring up like a, uh, you know, a, a composer or something, it's it's so odd to hear like a name of a composer who's like still alive. I don't know why, because you've heard wait, of like wait, wait. Tchaikovsky's way dead. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Performer. Like it's weird. It's weird to hear like you know I've no check. You know you know all the standards like Tchaikovsky. You know like oh. <laughs> like Beethoven or whatever. And and so when you hear like a composer in that same like category, and you're like, oh, they're still alive. It's like what. <laughs> I thought they were all dead. <laughs> right. Like, just, I don't know why that's so bizarre. It's like, it's weird to hear in a live person, you know, like, Oh, check it out. No, it's, well, it's true. I mean, they usually get famous after, after they die after. Yeah. Yeah. Sad to say, but a, a lot of the works come out then. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a great way to live. Like it's just you hundred <laughs> years after like, Oh, now I'm famous. Fantastic. <laughs> like Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. Just okay. so pissed off. You're like, man, that's, that's great. That's exactly what I wanted in life. Damn it. I screwed up.